We have a very special guest alert because on today's show, we are bringing on NFL Network's Bridget Condon to get some insight into the Chargers locker room after their biggest win of the season on Sunday Night Football and the rest of this roller coaster season. You are locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for eight seasons. But this is our sixth year as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making this your first listen. And to make sure you never miss shows like this extra special guest interview today, make sure to go subscribe or follow for free on the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got today? Today, we get the pleasure of talking to NFL host and reporter Bridget Condon. Bridget Condon is super busy. They send her absolutely everywhere, but she does a lot of great work covering the Chargers as well. So we get to talk to her about the Chargers hitting the reset button. She got to talk to the players and kind of get, you know, the inside the locker room type of takes on how they're feeling and how they went about actually resetting their season. And then we talk about how important it is or how concerned we should be about the Chargers second half offense and also interestingly enough getting her opinions on why Char chargers quarterback justin herbert has struggled in a couple of games this season yeah she really gave us some great insight can't wait to have her back on but today's interview is dynamite she also tells us why she thinks this upcoming game is a must win again on monday night football against the jets but i do need to tell you guys that this episode is brought to you by prize picks the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports go to prizepicks.com slash locked on nfl and use the code all lowercase locked on nfl for a first deposit match up to 100 all right guys well today we have a very special guest i'm sure you guys recognize her but she is bridget condon from the nfl network she's an on-air host and reporter and has been doing an absolutely excellent job covering the chargers and a bunch of teams they must be working you to the bone over there because i see you everywhere talking about everything just at detroit on monday night football but most excellently i think you've been covering the chargers especially getting the personal side of things with some of these chargers players and some great insights bridget thank you so much for coming on yeah thanks i actually listen to you guys a lot of times on my drives down to costa mesa to practice so uh it's funny to put a voice to the name or the uh a face to the voice because i usually listen on the podcast app so i rarely get to see the video so thanks for having me guys no problem as two guys who have faces for radio you're not missing out on much but the Chargers are coming off their first double digit win of the season but before the game last week you were talking with Austin Eckler and one of the biggest things he talked with you about was just the coaches having a much more collaborative effort at practice right the offensive line coach coming up and dapping him up and the Chargers had talked all last week about a reset so what do you think has been kind of the difference? Have you been able to see a noticeable difference since the Chargers kind of hit that reset button? Yeah, I think we needed to see a win like this from the Chargers to feel that things would turn. I was talking to some people and I felt like this Bears game was going to be pivotal no matter what happened. If they had lost, I think we, you know, it would have been a big moment for this yeah. team, right? If they had won, now this is the chance where this can really re-spark their season and give them an opportunity to make a nice little run here, especially if they find a way to get a win in New York City on Monday night during primetime. But that reset, you really felt it, just being at practice, being in the locker room. The guys all said 
that they felt a different kind of energy at practice. And, you know, even just talking with Michael Davis and talking to some of the defenders, the belief that Derek Ansley had in that defense and said, like, let's just have some fun. Let's all relax. Let's enjoy playing football. We think that maybe that's such a, you know, minute thing, but it's important for these players to remember that this is a game after all. And sometimes when you're so tense, it causes you to make more mistakes. So I think we saw everyone just kind of take a deep breath and reset the way Brandon Staley wanted them to. And finally they get a win where it's not fourth quarter coming down to fourth and one call or something silly happening late in the game where they squeak by a win. This was a win that they needed. Yeah, we definitely were, were we're waiting for that bad feeling, that bad thing to happen because it just tends to always happen to the Chargers. I think but I felt good. Brandon Staley like has been one of the most. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Brandon Staley has been one of the, one of the most talked about coaches in the NFL this year, and uh, really since taking over, he's faced quite a bit of criticism for a team that's underachieving, and specifically, you know, the results of his defense sitting at three and four. How hot do you think his seat is right now? I think it's too early to tell. I know a lot just happened. Obviously, Josh McDaniels just got fired, and a lot of people, you know, might think Brandon Staley, you know, should have deserved the same credit. To me, I it depends. You know, I would be very shocked if they make a coaching change midseason. The Chargers are not a team to do yeah. that in years past. Of course, anything's possible. But to me, it's going to depend what happens this season. I don't think we can make a definitive answer here in week week eight, whether Brandon Staley will be the head coach next year or not. Say the Chargers make it to the playoffs, somehow squeak in a wild card spot. They win a playoff game. Is he fired? I would be very shocked if they then decide to fire him. If they don't make the playoffs, if they, you know, lose to the Jets and go on a losing streak and finish the season, you know, if for somehow the Broncos are above them in the division when we come to the end of the year, I'd be very shocked if he was still in this position next year. So I think right now it feels silly to have these conversations. Obviously the fans want, you know, to talk about that, especially when their teams are losing. I think people have quieted down a little bit after this Bears win Monday night. If they lose, I think those conversations are going to start back up. But to me right now, it feels like that is kind of in the background of what really needs to happen. They need to, there's a, a couple things on their checklist that I think they have to get done before we can really, really talk about that. I totally agree. I mean, because the thing is, somebody asked us yesterday, like, can Brain and Staley still save his job? And it's like, yeah, but the expectations haven't changed since the beginning of the season. It always felt like it was playoffs plus. Playoffs plus a win in the playoffs is what it would take after the debacle of last year. Now, if they make a run this year and lose to the Bills in a shootout game, who knows, right? Then things are kind of left up in the air. But it does feel like those are still the expectations and what he has to do to kind of save his job. You guys are going to want to stick around for the rest of this Bridget Condon interview because we have much more coming up after this talking about why this upcoming Jets game on Monday Night Football is a must-win game and also why she thinks the Chargers have been struggling so much in the second halves of games and why even in a blowout there were still things in that second half against the Bears that were super concerning. First, though, I do need to tell you guys about Prize Picks, which is daily fantasy made easy. With Prize Picks, you just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. The more entries you hit on, the more you win. And if you hit on six of them in the same entry, you can win up to 25 times your money. Prize Picks offers great weekly promotions. That's one of the things I love, especially Taco Tuesday. Who doesn't love Taco Tuesday? Because on Tuesdays, you get a 25% discount on certain projections, making it even easier for you to win money. And this week, you can go with Justin Herbert, more or less than 251 and a half 
passing yards, and you could pair that if you wanted to with Austin Eckler, more or less than 46 and a half rushing yards. If you hit on that and hit on both of those, you're already in the money. You can stack more. You could even have Josh Kelly, 22 and a half rushing yards, more or less than that, and you could be winning. All you have to do is go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use the code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. So make sure you guys get started by going to prizepicks.com slash NFL. Promo code NFL for that first deposit match up to $100. Daily Fantasy Sports made easy. The Chargers are coming off their biggest win of the season, right? Let's not get too far away from that. But at the same time, even when beating the Bears by three scores at the end of things, the offense still struggled in the second half. And now it's a trend, right? Shut out twice in their last four games in the second half against a bad Bears defense. They only scored six points when they had chances to kind of put the game away offensively and put that thing out of reach. Do you think even when you're excited about a win, you can still kind of be concerned about what we saw in that second half? Absolutely, especially going up against this really good Jets passing defense. The Jets have not allowed a team to score more than two touchdowns. They've played the Cowboys. They've played some teams that, you know, can really put up numbers. And if they've limited those teams to just two touchdowns, that's where if you're a Chargers fan, I that would be my biggest concern going into Monday night's game. How do they get points, especially against this team? And in the second half, they've only scored a touchdown combined in the second half in their last four games. That's a problem. I don't know what the issue is. We have not had a chance to talk with them yet this week because everything's pushed back a day since the Monday. So the first time we'll get a chance to talk to players is tomorrow. And that's going to be my first question in the locker room. What do you need to do? Because if it happens one game, okay, you know, chalk it up to a bad game or whatever happened. The defense made good adjustments. To me, the biggest issue is why does this keep happening? And our team's, smarter than you, you know, like our team, it's a trend now adjustments than you're able to make. And if that's the case, well, what do you have to do? Like, how do you respond to that? I think a big thing, and I said this in my hit this morning on NFL network, a big uh, promising thing has been Quentin Johnston. That last game, he has trended up the past three weeks in his usage. He finally had, you know, 50 receiving yards, five receptions that try. I know, right. We think, but, but I mean, for this, rookie who has taken a lot longer than maybe some of the other rookies in the NFL this season, wide receiver rookies. um, You know, it feels good to finally see that connection with him and Justin Herbert. He said that this game was a confidence boost for him. You need to have like, like I think Quentin Johnson, Keenan Allen, this offense, they all trend together, right? The more success Johnson has, the more success Keenan Allen's going to have because Keenan Allen is great. He is such a, such a big part of this offense. But defenses are watching film, and they know that. And if yeah. when Mike Williams isn't out there and it's just Keenan Allen who's making those plays, you're going to double him, right? Yep. Especially oh, yeah. if Johnson hasn't been doing anything. Exactly. So if he can be a threat, spread the field a little bit, give Keenan a chance to win some of those one-on-one matchups, that's going to help this offense. Um, I'm sure you guys also have been talking about the run game too. Yeah, very much but so. This is crazy, right? Like Austin Eckler, one of the best at what he does um, – yards after the catch receiving and running the ball. I know, you know, he's still being used kind of in that hybrid role. So maybe it doesn't count as much, but that Miami game, it looked like this offense finally (laughs) found a groove. They were to me, I've been covering this team three years. Uh, That to me still feels like the most balanced game on offense that I've ever seen from this team. Yeah. And I know it had a lot of people excited. Of yeah. course they lost that game to the Dolphins, but when you put up numbers on the ground and through the air like they did against the, the Dolphins, how do you recreate that? Right? Yeah. Now in week 8, you 
put up, I think, over 230 yards on the ground in that game. And since then, like week two and on, they're averaging just over 80 yards on the Ooh. ground. Yeah. That's a huge drop-off. You have to find a way to get the run game going. We know that's a huge issue. Think back to last year, that playoff game against Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. They only had, I believe, 67 rushing yards that game. Imagine yeah, it was like six had, in the second half, too, or something crazy like yeah, that. Imagine yeah, imagine had they found a way to run the ball, run out the clock. We could be... Yeah. I don't know. Brandon I mean, like, what's here? Like, yeah, you get one or two first downs in that game and it's over. I mean, well, we're, it's so we're important about to finish win. games. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're wondering why the Chargers can't finish games, I think the run game is one of the first places you look because that's how you finish teams in the NFL. And yeah. I think maybe we're not talking enough about the impact that Corey Lindsley has yeah. on this offensive yeah. line. Um, just, you know, as a player, but also a leader, I know he's still around the team and they've been saying that's helped, but um, you know, he's different. He's a different player than Will Clapp. Yeah. I do yeah. think that Will is coming into his own. That last game against the Bears, Justin Herbert wasn't sacked. You know, I think they're yeah. finding uh, themselves, but it's taking a little bit of time. And with some questions on the offensive line, some injuries that maybe are bigger than we're leading on, that's going to impact the run game too. So yeah. I-, I would like to think that maybe Sunday against the Bears was that get right game. And now it's just building off of that. But it's going to be a huge test. It's a huge measuring stick Monday night against the Jets. Yep, no question about it. Justin Herbert has easily been one of the brightest spots for the Chargers over the last three seasons. But he's kind of struggled the last few games. Uh, you feel like the 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 finger is having uh, quite a bit of an issue there? Or is it just figuring things out with a new offense? I think it's all three things, right? I think it's the finger. I think it's no Corey Lindsley. And I think it's no Mike Williams, yeah. who yep. was his favorite target. Um, I think... Justin Herbert is the kind of quarterback and I've gotten to know him over the past couple seasons. He's not going to let us into his mind. Never. No matter what, yeah, what never. way you ask the question, he is not going to let you into his mind. It must mind. be so frustrating for you. <laughs> it, it, it's just, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, how can I ask this a million ways? The same question yeah. hope for a different answer, but PR no, I, mean, 101. <laughs> I, I respect the fact that he's a competitor and he's oh, yeah. never going to show you how he's feeling. Even with that rib injury last year, I think it impacted him a lot more than he let on. Yeah. And I think the same thing with the finger, he is every week getting better. That Agreed. finger is recovering. Of course, this week he didn't use the glove for the first time since that injury. I really think that's having a big, had a bigger impact on him than we thought. Everyone was like, oh, what's going on with Justin Herbert? He's not that quarterback. He's struggling. It must be, you know, this offense. It must be the decline of Justin Herbert. No, he, he was injured. And yes, it was his non-throwing hand. But I think, you know, all three of those things that I mentioned played a big part into this. I would not be... I'm not like saying this is a red flag. We need to stop and reevaluate Justin sure. Herbert as a quarterback. Now, if the next six weeks, the trend is back downward, maybe then we can have that conversation. But I think it's just figuring out the new pieces on offense, dealing with an injury, dealing with an offensive line that you're not used to or a center that you're not used sure. to. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and obviously an offensive line that has let a lot of pressure in, right? I mean, the switch from Corey Lindsley to Will Clapp, it's not a, anything about Will Clapp, but it's just like it takes time in that unit. Obviously, a good step in the right direction last week. Not going up against Micah Parsons and Max Crosby is a nice yeah. step in the right direction, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the pressure, see, he just seems uncomfortable at times, right? But I think he's definitely bought himself the benefit of the doubt that these struggles, you know, would have to go a lot longer before we start worrying about him being as the major problem for this Chargers team. But let's get you out of here on this. I uh, wanted to talk to you about the Raiders and just the demise of the Raiders, but we'll stick with the Chargers right now because 
They have a huge game coming up, like you talked about, but they also play in a loaded AFC. And I think that's what kind of convolutes everything about the Chargers kind of getting back into playoff contention, right? It starts on Monday night, and it feels like it's even more important because you have the Ravens and the Lions and two of the next three after Monday night. So how important do you think this game is for them? Last week, we straight up said must win. This one feels pretty close to a must win. And how tough is it going to be for the Chargers to claw their way back onto playoff contention with teams like the Bills and the Bengals and the Ravens and the Chiefs and so many different good AFC teams? This game is very important for this team, like I mentioned, to see where they're at. But if you want to be if you want a chance in the playoffs, you have to win Monday night. You have to beat this Jeffs team. Right now, you're you're 12th in the AFC playoff picture. You're two and a half games behind Kansas City. If I'm the Chargers, you can't look at what the Ravens, what the uh, Chiefs, what the Bengals, you can't look at what they're doing. You need to focus on what you're doing. And that to me is you need to get a win. You need to get a win on the road. Come back home. You're going to host a Lions team that's coming off a bye. You know, a Lions team that looked really good. Yeah, they played a Raiders team who's got a lot of problems. Obviously. That Lions team, you know, they looked good. And then you're playing a Ravens team that made this good Lions team look horrible. It's not not an easy easy stretch here by any means. So if you lose, I I think too, if you lose on Monday night, the questions start coming. And I do think that impacts the flow of things, right? Even in the locker room, as much as they say, we don't listen to the outside noise. It just, the energy is off after a a loss. And especially after a season where you're underperforming, when you look around and you see a Khalil Mack, you see a Joey Bosa, you see Keenan Allen, you see Justin Herbert and wonder why are we not in the top of the AFC right now with all this talent? So to me, yeah, I mean, I, it's funny. Every player says every game's a must win. But right sure. now, the, the Chargers, unfortunately, have created such a small margin of error because totally. of what they did earlier in the season. And, yeah, if if you had won some of those early games and you're sitting, you know, I don't know. Three, you, yeah, something maybe, like that. Maybe, yeah. maybe you lose to the Jets on a Monday night. You're on the road, whatever. Chalk it up to the time difference, whatever you want to say. But you can't do that right now. Yeah. In my opinion, if you want a chance in the playoffs, you're sitting at the 12th seed right now. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta find a way to win. And I think it's doable. I really do believe it's doable. You have to find an answer this week in practice, whatever that is, to make sure you put yourself in a good position in the second half of that game because that New York crowd is going to make it very challenging for you, especially if things are close late in the game. Make sure you guys follow Bridget Condon at Bridget Condon underscore on Twitter. One of the best doing it for the NFL Network right now. Thank you so much for coming on, Bridget. Good luck with everything else. Thanks to you guys. And definitely let's talk again. Sorry, I know things are crazy with the Raiders today, but we'll figure it out. You have bigger, the the Raiders meltdown. That's a a good enough excuse for us, for sure. Go have fun (laughs) watching that. We'll see you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Another special thank you to Bridget Condon for coming on. I can't believe the Raiders made us lose some time with her by being such a disastrous franchise, but we can't (laughs) wait to get her on again. But we do have some things I really want to talk about, David, including Nick Vanette, the tight end, getting elevated from the practice squad to the active roster, getting signed to the active roster to replace Trey McKitty, and how much it could help the Chargers running game that desperately needs him. We're going to talk about just how bad it has gotten for Kellen Moore's group coming up right after this. I do want to tell you guys also, though, about one of my favorite things, and of course, I'm talking about DoorDash. There's nothing that goes better with football than DoorDash, especially when you're watching football all day. You don't want to leave the house. Leaving a house is a huge, huge red flag, right? You got to be there, red zone, whatever game you're watching, seven straight hours, straight into your veins every time, right? If you forgot some kind of dip, some kind of chip, it doesn't matter now because you can get that straight to your house 
with DoorDash. But the other great thing about DoorDash is finding the hidden gems in your local neighborhood. And we are focusing around the Los Angeles area. And the place we're locked on this week is the kettle. It's one of the best places in Los Angeles for comfort food for sure. If you're you know going in and hungover, the hangover scramble sounds perfect for you. But if you're looking for dinner, you can't go wrong ordering the blackened chicken rigatoni or my personal favorite, the ultimate grilled cheese sandwich, the grilled four cheese dip that comes with a side of French onion soup just to dip it in. It's mouthwatering and you guys can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23, that's subject to change and terms apply. But that's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order, when you download the DoorDash app, enter code LOCKED23, subject to change, terms apply. David, there's one reason that I'm glad that our Bridget Condon interview got cut a little short, and that's so we could talk about something we're both very excited about, and that is the Chargers bringing on Nick Vanette coming up you know, right ahead of what's going to be a huge matchup against the Jets on Monday Night Football. But make sure, Chargers fans, that you guys are also checking out Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern so you can get the local insight from all of the local experts around the Locked On Podcast Network with hosts Tanitra Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs who are going to get you ready for the weekend. So make sure you guys check that out on every Locked On NFL channel, the Locked On NFL Kickoff Live show every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern. So, David, let's get into this here. Nick Vanette, this is what we wanted. We talked about Trey McKitty getting waived earlier on in the week. And this is the best case scenario inside the Chargers roster, right? They didn't go out and make a trade for a blocking tight end because that's what we were hoping for. But you get the next best thing. A guy we raved about when they signed him to the practice squad is now hopefully on the active roster and hopefully making a difference. Yeah, I mean, I think in the same kind of vein that we were excited about Dean Marlowe kind of, you know, bringing a, a veteran uh, yeah. onto the practice squad. And and then you, you know, they go and we and saw the dividends of that right away, yeah, right? As soon right as away. Dean Marlowe got there, he clicked in and was good to go. That's what we're uh, hoping for. Exactly. A hundred percent. So you got a, a seven year NFL veteran here, uh, a guy who's played with a couple of different franchises, whether it's Seattle, Pittsburgh, Denver, New Orleans, uh, the New York Giants. He's uh, played quite a bit of football. I mean, he's definitely primarily going to be a blocking tight end and Brandon Staley had some pretty good things to say about him he says he has experience in the league he has size he has balance body control he played in some really good systems I just feel like he's going to give us the experience and the consistency at the point of attack that we are looking for and I think that last sentence right there is the absolute most important of that entire little paragraph there is that consistency at the point of attack. That's where we feel like the tight end position has been lacking as far as run blocking is concerned. Hopefully, Nick Vanette comes in and brings some more consistency to that part of the run blocking game. Yeah, and when Brandon Staley was asked about Trey McKitty, he said it was performance, and we didn't get enough, and we needed an upgrade at that position. And he didn't exclude the other tight ends out of that either, specifically when it comes to the running game. That's what you're hoping for the most. But you need to go heavy pass protection. This is somebody who's better in that regard than someone like Donna Parham, especially Trey McKitty. And as far as the receiver goes, like it's not as if Trey McKitty was bringing much as a receiver, but this is a dude that has 90 catches in 86 career games, right? So he's not just... A total bomb as Six far touchdowns, as, right? Yeah, he's got yeah, in the end zone. Holy yeah. average receiver, right? Yeah. And as far as his blocking goes, I mean, I was a little alarmed because the terrible 2023 run blocking grades on pro football focus. But me and you, when they signed him to the practice squad, went and watched what he looked like in the preseason. Looked good. Looked like he still had plenty of gas in the tank. And did some things that we don't see pretty much any Chargers tight end doing, which was driving people off the ball. Which exactly. is not something we've gotten used <laughs> to seeing very much. But... Why this is so important is because one of the things that Cohen Moore's offense does so much is relies on two tight end sets to be able to run the football. And the Chargers have still been running a lot of two tight end sets, maybe not as much as he did in Dallas, 
but they're still putting it out there a lot in the hopes of you know going big, being able to run the football, and it has just not happened. So with Nick Vanette, you're hoping like getting average, right? He's always yeah. been a, a kind of an average to above average run, blo- run blocker. If you can get an average run blocker, like the amount of improvement you're getting over what you've lost is huge, right? So like yeah. it, just getting that would be a huge boost for this offense, and I think that is the way he gets on the field, and I expect him to get snaps early on because of that. Stone Smart's not a blocker. Donna yeah. Parham, not known for his blocking ability. Gerald Everett, fine blocker, right? But that's never been what his game is. Like, right. we're not going to pretend that it is, right? Those guys are mostly receiving tight ends, split out tight ends in the Y, you know? Yeah. So it's good. And, David, this Chargers rushing attack desperately needs it because oh, they have goodness. been bad, bad, right, as yes. some would put it. I mean, and that's the big thing is just, like, something has to change here because it has been – historically bad in some of these games i mean it really has and i think uh you know you saved the first game of the season after that the numbers <laughs> yeah. have been really 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 terrible and i think daniel popper from the athletic brought some some fantastic stats that really clearly illustrate mm-hmm. that he said mm-hmm. since week two the charge what no I, i'm just saying i you know like i, I don't know if I uh, you, know, you don't like, even want to hear what i'm about no, to say and i, I get it i, I know scary. what's gonna happen and it, i just don't i don't like it it's yeah. terrifying because yeah. it's really bad. Since week two, the Chargers have designed rushing success rate of 22%. That is the worst rate in the league. According to True Media, no other team is below 27%, Daniel. My goodness. We knew it was futile. We knew it was bad. We had no concept of how bad it really was. Yeah, because it's been really boomer bust, right? Yeah. Like, and this is... <laughs> The alarming thing. But, like, if you look back at that blowout on Sunday Night Football, right, obviously, you know, the second half offense wasn't good and the running game was a big part of it. But, like, it was easily the worst part of the Bears game. Like, the passing defense was pretty good. The run defense was very good. The passing offense was very good. The run offense was terrible. Like, that that, that is what it is. (laughs) If you're looking at those four main things, there was one thing that stuck out like a sore thumb. Yep. And the crazy thing is, is, like, you probably wouldn't guess the Chargers have 300-plus yard games already in seven games. You really right? wouldn't. It just and doesn't feel that this. way. In 17 games last year, Joe Lombardi had 100-plus yard rushing games four times in 17 games. Kellen Moore has matched that number in seven, right, with go. 10 less games. Yeah. This is the problem. Mm. Kellen Moore's offense also has four games of under 61 yards this year. Right, which is horrible, horrid, right? Whatever word you want to use. Four games with 61 yards or less, four of the seven. Last year, through the entire season, Joe Lombardi's offense only hit under 61 yards four times in 17 games. So the Chargers are on pace for way more 100 yard games and way more yard, you know, games where they have 61 or less. Like, yeah, that's that's the epitome of boom boom or bust. bust. Yeah, Yeah, you either have 61 yards or less this season or you're going for a buck 40 plus. Like that's been, there's been, there's like 78 yards of difference there. That's a lot of gray area. You know what I mean? So like, it just hasn't been enough and in this last game, it was embodied by 15 rushes in the second half per popper for 25 yards and that's how you don't see your games right there and they needed to get better, David, and I guess the thing is, is just like, can they reasonably get better? I mean, that, that is the question, and I think at least the Chargers identi- are trying to identify uh, you know, places where it's gone wrong and, and try to address that. You know, that's why they switch out the, the blocking tight end. They, they cut Trey McKitty loose. Yeah. They bring in Nick Vanette, and hopefully you know, they, they take some time to reevaluate and just be a little bit more physical at the point of attack. Also, you know, to mix up their runs a little bit more and mix up when they're going to run the football. It yeah. seems like they've been way too predictable with their design rushes, and you know, it's been something where you know, opposing defenses – 
kind of already just feels like they already know what's coming and, and how you're going to try to run the football against them. And you've had absolutely no success. Yeah. And I think, you know, getting Josh Kelly, or Josh Kelly, a little bit more carries, yes. I think would help too. like having only six carries last week after having the 49 yarder against the chiefs. I mean, since Austin Eckler's returned, he only has 14 carries over the last three games. So I think that's part of it, getting him a little more involved. More yeah. Jordan McFadden as the fullback. I want oh, more I love of that. that. Yes. I mean, they, they did that same set, and they did one time with Jordan McFadden out there, the backup guard as fullback, and it was great, and he oh, opened beautiful. up a lane for like five yeah. yards. And then they tried to do the same thing with Trey McKitty, and it totally blew up, and it was like a, a no-gain no situation. <sighs> I, I mean, I think Daniel Popper also had in his article, nine of their 58 carries in the second half since week two have been either – zero or negative yards or, or no nine have been successful yeah nine of those 58 have been successful right like that that's just such a terrible percentage good well i was just going to say that this one right here honestly tells me i've been looking for the statistic to really kind of illustrate the level of futility in the second half when it comes to design runs for the chargers and i think this hits it perfectly the chargers have a 15.5 percent rushing success rate on design runs in the second half since week two that is the worst in the league no other team is below 20 percent per daniel popper that is absolutely atrocious and that really shows you why the Chargers have not been able to really run away and put teams away. And the question now is, can they get better? They're going to have a couple of good matchups coming up between the Packers and the Jets. Both of those teams are not great run defenses. The Ravens are okay, but you have a couple of really good run defenses with the Lions and the Patriots. So we're going to know. It did take Mike McDaniel when he took over Miami after being San Francisco's run game coordinator and, you know, them balling out and running all over the place, right? It took them a little while to get that thing going. Now they're the best rushing team in the league. The line has to be better. The tight ends have to be better. Hopefully, Nick Vanette can help that, right? The wide receivers have to be better, too. More physical. And last of all, the running backs. Like, they just, you know, some guys are just going to have to make some plays. But that's going to wrap things up for today's show. It is a Monday night football game, so make sure you guys are here with us on Monday for our keys and predictions for this game against the Jets on Monday night football. Until then, guys, make sure you don't miss it. And also, big interviews like with Bridget Condon today. Make sure you follow or subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also find us every day on all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports, David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD, and the show's page at LockedOnLAC. You can also find us on Instagram at LockedOnChargers and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. But Monday Night Football, guys, coming up. Make sure you're back here with us on Monday and late Monday for the post-game show. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.